welcome to uh, Michelangelo and the guys. So, um, this is Tim here. This show has no topic. It's a show about nothing. We're just going to find out what the topic is. We're just guys hanging around a microphone. Michelangelo and the guys. So, Mark, how you doing? Hanging in there, Timothy. I felt better, but uh, better than some, not as good as most. Well... Who are you feeling better than? Probably the guys in the grave. All right, all right. Yeah. Keith, how you doing? Doing pretty good, but uh, Mark's response reminds me uh, Tom Hinkle whenever I ask him how he's doing or how his day's going. He's like, well, he says, today's, today's going better than most days, not as good as others. Uh, but he, term, he says in terms of uh, the days that he's had. All right, so, but you're doing good? Yeah, doing good. All right, because that's what I asked you. Okay. All right, great. Now, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm even still. Um, Mark, you all right? You cough a little bit? Did you swallow some of the coffee or water the wrong way or something? Yeah, something went down the throat there the wrong way. Ah, man. That's happened to me before. It's like uh, breathing water and then you cough or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's going on, guys? What? Yeah. All we did our tiny work of mercy today. Oh, you and Mark did a tiny work of mercy? How tiny was it? It's pretty small. <laughs> it was yeah. just us two showed up. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I was thinking about that. Uh, tough time, uh, you know, the, the, the time slot, because a lot of people are, you know, watching football, family dinners, the whole bit. But uh, I bet you if you had wine tasting included or something, that that, that might bring somebody mm-hmm. somebody more around. Uh, but, but it was great because I learned uh, my, my brother's buried over there. I'm not sure where. Uh, so that was it was it was an awakening for me to uh, to see that. And I never knew whose statue was right in the front. And that was uh, Father Gallagher. And he baptized me. Really? So you got some friends over there. Well, yeah. In, in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Father Gallagher baptized mm-hmm. most babies born before... Um, St. Ignatius opened in St. John's and all the other churches. Trinity was the founding founding church. It's one of the oldest churches in the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. So at the resurrection of the dead, um, the bodies over there, they're going to be uh, full of life and reanimated and they'll be resurrected according to the uh, Christian doctrine, right? The, the bodies in the cemetery, there'll be miracles and they'll be resurrected. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know how it's going to work, but I think I read that's what happened, uh, you know, precursor to that during Jesus' resurrection. Well, he raised Lazarus. In one of the Gospels, it says actually saints were raised from the dead and walked around Jerusalem talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. What I, what I found interesting about the churches out here is that um, many of them don't have their own um, burial places before... The church bought up the ground, and if you remember the church, you were buried in that burial ground right there. Um, so what they did, this is an independently owned and operated burial ground out here that the ch- that all the churches shared or used, mm-hmm. where in the previous century and probably pre-World War II, um, the churches had the burial plots right at the church. 
and, and so that was a change in, in church. So when that change take place with the the burial plots were placed away from the church around what, what time was it? Well, World War II because of so many people dying. Oh. I mean, millions died during that time period. Mm. So there was so many to be buried and body shipped home and stuff. Do you want to hear a story I have from high school? Go ahead. Well, a friend of a friend got in a car accident when we were in high school. He was a high school student. He was a year ahead of me. You know where he got in his car accident at? Right next to that cemetery on... Um, Route 1, you know, you're driving down Route 1 from like Osprey Mall to the Shannon Mall. On the right-hand side, there's a cemetery. Yep. Mm, kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Well, he got in a car accident right there. He survived mm. and stuff like that, but he, mm. he was in a bad accident. It happened near the cemetery there. Mm. I've actually slept in cemeteries now and then as a street person. And um, there's always someone who comes to kick you out. Like they just know you're there. Uh, so I kicked out of two cemeteries. Uh, at least I got to kind of lay down and rest for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens. Um, uh, one place that they leave you alone, though, is, is, in, is in the post office, as I found. Really? The Morrisville Post Office, because of the L shape, when people go back there, the uh, police have been known to uh, let the people go. All right, all right. Yeah, so... You get a break there, but they, yeah, cemeteries for some reason, they don't want them desecrated, and, uh, I, you know, I don't know whose property they are or whatever, but um, there's a lot of hot, good hiding places in cemeteries. Yeah, there's, uh, I hear, there's a holiday coming up, uh, was it All Saints Day, is that coming up soon? That's past, I think, All Saints no, Day, All Souls. Uh, all Souls, Hallows, Hallows, All Hallows, yeah, oh, They're right next to each other, right? All, one's like All Souls, one's All Souls Day, one's All Saints Day or something. Yeah, like I think All Saints Day is November 1st and All Souls Day is November 2nd. I could be wrong, but that's my understanding. Yeah, they're like back to back or something like that. That's coming up. So uh, you guys kind of got a head start on that by doing your tiny work of mercy today, praying for the dead, right? And then it, it was great. I loved it. I mean, it's it small. Yeah, it, it it invigorated me because it brought brought back better fond memories. Yeah, you know, my my brother that I could have had, and and you know, days of old. You know, it, it, it tell us about your brother, man. Uh, I'm sitting here. Keith's technically my brother, theoretically, or whatever, like that. We're your all brother, brothers, yes. Your brother was prayed for today. He's in the next world somewhere, doing whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us a story about your brother if you if you want. You don't have to. Well, I, I never really know because he he didn't live that long, and most of the babies, you know, once they're born, the hardest thing is if it's a miscarriage or something or the, it's. There, there, there's nothing there, but if the baby's born and starts functioning and things like that, you have to get a death certificate and bury the baby. Ah, uh, so he's I don't, I'm not sure if it was months that he survived or what the situation is, mm -hmm. but that's that's extremely hard on the family because you're you're prolonging, you, you, you know, if, if there's a quick miscarriage or something, um, and I know it's very traumatic for women that you know if they have a miscarriage or something or whatever. Yeah, well, that's one thing. But if the baby's functioning, then you they have to bury it and get it. It's, it's a again. good thing you bring it up because our show is called Michelangelo and the Guys or whatever. That's the kind of website name or something like that. So what we're missing here is the girls. You know, we have the guys here, but the girls have a different perspective on this. Like for example, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a womb. Do you have wounds? 
I have wounds all over my body, physically, mentally, emotionally. No, wounds. I don't have a. You mean I'm the, talking um, about W O M B? It's like a uterus. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I put yeah. it. I took it a W O U S. Men have wounds. Yeah, Women wounds. have wounds. 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 Yeah. So, so like, we don't have um, places to carry life in us, but the women do. Right? So that's kind of missing from this show. Like you were just mentioning, the miscarriages and all that. I'll never know what that's like. I can't even have a carriage or ever, let alone a miscarriage. You know what I'm saying? And I noticed women change dramatically. Um, uh, a woman that, that has children, like, you know, your, your mothers uh -huh. and stuff, they uh, have a lot of purpose, I find. Women who don't have children or whatever. And I know a lot of that's stripped because. A lot of times they can't reproduce when they've had miscarriages, and they and they used to have the uh, what, what, what was it called when they strip a woman of her of her innards like um, hysterectomy? Yes, yeah, yeah. and, and that, that that happened a lot yeah. before uh, medicine got really good. So mm -hmm. so they have their his, hysterectomies, and then they're devastated because they they can't have children. And I just noticed. Being around women who do not have children and are past that stage and ones who do, to me, I, they're two distinct women. Yeah. I, I, I found um, two, 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 two distinct women. So, yeah, yeah. So, and... Uh, well, there's a lot of that in the Bible. From my reading of it, there's like, uh, they're always like, take my shame away from me. Get me pregnant. Mm -hmm. if you, if you, in the Old exactly. Testament, they're always like... I have shame from the community because I don't have a child. Take my shame away away from me by getting me pregnant and making me have a child. Yeah, well, my team name. So every week for my uh, team name for fantasy football, I'll, I take the gospel reading and then I try to find something related to it in the Old Testament and I pick the Old Testament chapter and verse as my team name. And so when I the reading Sunday reading in the gospel today is where Jesus talks about you know perseverance and prayer. And the Old Testament reading that I picked was uh, Hannah, I think it's Samuel's mother, and she's one of those women. And I picked the verse where one of what women? One of those women who, um, you know, uh, I guess her husband had a, you know, a concubine or something like that who had all the children. She was one of those women who felt shame for not having children, mm -hmm. and she went and prayed before the Lord. What's a concubine? What's that? Uh, it's like a wife who you have sex with so he had like two wives but i i, I always assume hannah I can't oh, so remember. one had legal rights the wife has legal rights and that's like a girlfriend who doesn't have legal rights a concubine i believe so okay and i'm not even sure if, if how it worked in that story but i i always uh, assume that hannah was his real life and the other one wasn't but maybe he had two wives i don't know oh, all right but so hannah was like she wants to have a child so she doesn't have shame yeah all right I don't see that going on in this time period, right? Well, that was like, what, 4,000 years ago or something? I mean, uh, it is true that probably uh, you know less women have that attitude, but you don't know what goes on in the minds of people, so they may, you know... You know. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. To me, not to confuse you and stuff, but I'm mm -hmm. totally shocked that you didn't know what a concubine was. Not taking anything away from you or something, but... The, the, well, St. Augustine had a concubine, that's right. what I... From the lore I've heard, St. Augustine had a concubine, and then after he converted to Christianity, he stopped having sex with his concubine, 
and Camp Priest and stuff like that. Well, the the, the, the the noun definition here is it's a mistress. It's a woman who lives with a man but has lower status than the than his wife or wife. So if the wife can't reproduce or whatever, they go to a concubine, and the concubine would typically have the children for him too. And that was better than being just an outright slave. Yeah. But don't forget, slavery was big, and they had slaves going on. So a concubine was a step up because they had a very harsh class structure. And uh, then a woman who cohabitates with a man to whom she is not legally married, okay, especially one regarding a socially or sexually subservient mistress and a second, a secondary wife, basically, is what they're considered. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, well, I mean, that's just words. I mean, it's kind of up to the relationship between the man and the woman, right, to kind of decide what their relationship is. You know what I'm saying? So maybe. The, maybe like he has multiple wives and he's like tell these people you're my concubine but really you're my wife and tell these people you're my wife but you're just some like some lady I hang out with like you can just lie to people about this stuff mm. you wouldn't know <laughs> except the, uh, the only people who would know is like the man and the woman right okay yeah, yeah. anyway cause like you ever see Star Wars uh, the prequels there's um this queen and you think she's the queen cause she's dressed as a queen and stuff like that but the real queen's her servant. She, the queen is hiding. The real queen is hiding as a servant of the fake queen. It's like a decoy. Uh, well, and they, they, they used to sing a lot about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Who's it? Um, servant is your master. Uh, Sting. Ah, uh, from the police? Yes. Yeah, that rings a bell. Servant is your master. <laughs> because they end up doing all the work. Yeah. And, you know, so, so really in serving, you're, you're like, you, you actually have a superior position. A lot of people don't yeah, think Yeah, well, that. Jesus, he, when he washes the feet of the uh, apostles or whatever, that's like, he's the king of kind of like heaven. And he's doing the work of a servant to these 12 guys he's eating dinner with or whatever. Mm -hmm. That, you can't get more of what you're talking about, Mark. You can't get a better example than that. The king of heaven serving these people mm -hmm. at dinner. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's, uh, that's, a, that, that, that's a cool thing. So, and, and that, just that alone kind of keeps you going because when the hardships come and everything else, as long as you're doing something and, you know, it's somehow helping people, even if you're being exploited, stomped upon, not really... You don't think you're doing that well, but you actually are because you're actually doing something, and, and it's very hard to take because it is it, like you say to you know you have a lot of angerness and bitterness, and you know yeah I get it out through my artwork and humor and stuff like that. I do a lot of to get through my anger and bitterness. I I do stand up comedy alone in my room, and I like I do some rage singing, you know, kind of some rock and roll. You know, we well, can bring it to the stage here. Yeah, I think Jim Morrison had some demons. If you if you hear Jim Morrison singing, you're like, uh, yeah, sure, it's kind of poetic and romantic, but the guy's a little, um, a little rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the doors. Yeah, well, I actually had a friend in college, who, he came up to me one time, he's like, look, I'm the reincarnation of Jim Morrison, I just want you to know. He said, I'm, I was Jim Morrison in another life, and I really, I'm in touch with him right now, and I realized I'm actually Jim Morrison reincarnated, and... He he kept on talking about me for uh, talking about it with me for a couple of days. And I'm like, all right, cool. I hear where you're coming from, and then, and then he stopped talking about it, and we never mentioned it again. Mm. Yeah, those uh, it's it's a it's a uh, 
it, it's a different lifestyle from what I understand. I, the closest I ever came to actually knowing a rock and roller or anybody that was in the music world was my uh, cousin's wife's um, nephew. He was a drummer for uh, for uh, the old guy. Um, oh, uh, J um, who's that? I ain't got nobody. Uh, he was a big guy. I ain't got no Randy one. Newman? No, 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 buddy. Um, oh, what is his name? I can't remember. I keep wanting to see it because you put he's out... A, he's a singer? He was like... Well, a singer. He was, David Lee Roth. David, oh, uh, yeah. David he, Lee Roth, yeah. Yeah, my favorite... Uh, he's from... He was... I know him from Van Halen, at least, but he did this one song where it goes like this. It goes like... It goes like... Um, uh, I, I got my back leaned up against the record machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, can't I ain't the worst that you seen or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. And so that, that, that's yeah. as close as I came. And, and then he became a, a he went with the younger group because he uh, David Lee Roth had knee problems. Yeah. So you know they made plenty of money, so he retired, and now he's a drummer for Corn. Really? Is that, I mean, is that a? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. I, well, that's last a popular time, group. I think. Last time I heard him or saw him, I used to watch him on MTV when I was a kid. The, the videos before mm -hmm. Sammy Hagar came into Van Halen. So David Lee Roth would be on the videos on MTV, and he'd be wearing like spandex pants, yeah, and he'd have sure. all these hot chicks with him and stuff sure. like that. Jump, jump around stage. He was like. The ladies' man of the hair bands in the '80s, and he was all over the videos with spandex pants and hot babes, yeah. and, and on MTV with Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. He was out of control. If if you saw him like on interviews, he was just he was a wild man in the interviews. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of their shtick. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that gospel reading you had, uh, Timothy or Keith, was uh, was eye opening in uh, when when you're actually doing your tiny works. Yeah. The, the the one where they he had uh, he he made the soldiers chip in and and specifically said like two thousand denarii or whatever. Uh, so, uh, so we did uh, one of the readings for uh, deceased people <laughs> and uh, there were three readings. First reading was the one that Mark mentioned it was from the Old Testament, uh, the Book of Maccabees, and talked about um, uh, I think people you know. Uh, a man who went and provided for you know some type of funding, I think, for like for the deceased people, uh, you know, in anticipation of the resurrection. So this was in the Bible. Yes, and then the second reading was uh, you know one of the letters of Saint Paul, and then the the gospel reading was the you know death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you read you read from the scripture, and uh, why do you do that? Uh, as part of Tiny Works, the Tiny Work was to pray for the living and dead, and so I picked out prayers from... Uh, yeah, you pray, but that's not praying, reading scripture. Why'd you do that? I consider it praying. Why do you consider it praying? Because you start, I, what I, from what I've read, is the best way to start praying is with scripture. And I don't understand how that works. If you're reading a book, how is that praying? Uh, raising your thoughts to God is prayer. All right, there we go. So... You guys are like uh, part of your prayer for the dead is is putting God in your mind together by reading from the scriptures about God. Yeah, I understand that. And a lot more people used to visit the cemeteries. We have people. I still have relatives that go every week to the cemetery on Sundays 
to put down like flowers or and they clean the graves. Mm. I know um, I was assigned to that detail too when I was back there. Everybody does. We had to put in so many hours to go to all the grave sites to make sure they were clean mm. and neat because a lot of times they'll just zip around with a mower or whatever. But a lot of people want special stuff. Like I I've, saw that. That's in a lot of different cultures, not just Christianity. I mean, uh, almost every kind of I've heard stuff mm. of like. Um, uh, almost every culture I've seen this where you like some people think it's magic or something like that like people would have an altar in their house and they they put stuff on it I mean I, I read I read a uh, thing on the BBC one time of uh, this culture in some part of Asia where they like mummify the dead and keep them in their house for like a long period of time and visit them and have like you know uh, kind of like shrines you know around the person's body uh, it was it was it was really interesting. What was interesting about that? that? That they keep the dead person in the house for like you know years. So, what's interesting about that? That you know in this culture we don't do that. Oh, right. yeah, because in, in in this culture they want the body quickly identified, and uh, if it's not, they usually shame family members uh, into claiming the body. That's what happened in the burial. Friday the Echoes went. Did you see him was cut and tied? Yeah, the man and woman, it was supposed to be a murder-suicide, but he ended up just killing himself because the wife wouldn't go along with it. In real life? In real life. Hmm. And this happened, Echoes knew the couple because they were very sick, you know, and, and he didn't want to live anymore. Hmm. So he was out, so he wanted to, you know, and that's a lot of times where they have a pact where... The, were they in a lot of pain? Is that yes, why they didn't want to live yeah, anymore? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but she decided to keep living. Oh. So she did, but the thing is, they had problems in the family with the children, the sp and, no, and nobody, it was sad because you sit up in the morgue, there's a defined period of time that you sit up in the morgue, mm -hmm. and uh, then after that, you become a ward of the state, and then they dispose of your body, actually. Really? They keep a record of it, but... Um, mm. At the, at, the, at the ninth hour, somebody did claim it, and basically they just paid for the cremation. And that's mm -hmm. what happens. You pay for a cremation, as, as we saw there. And that was yeah, that. so, yeah, we don't even get to bring our bodies with us when we leave this place. Someone else has got to do stuff with the body, right? Yeah. Yeah, you claim it, and then I know I'm being do donated to science, mm -hmm. and my buddy's going to, gonna. I, I told him just throw my ashes in the uh, mm -hmm. river. But I, the, the main thing is is usually... I know a lot of times people people always wanted to go to visit, and, and that was a big deal, blessing the graves the whole bit. But now since we've become so impersonal, it's just like people don't go to graves anymore. It's it's not in the, it's not in our, our culture now because they're so busy, mm -hmm. and so people are putting mausoleums. We, we saw that, uh, Keith. Maybe if there's a place for people to sit down at the cemetery, they go hang out. But there's no place to really sit down. I, I like I said, I. I would go to cemeteries as a street person, and I'd lay down, and someone would just come and tell me to leave after a while. Now, I mean, maybe I didn't look like I was actually like a real respectable rich person, but, I mean, <clears throat> I couldn't hang out at a cemetery because of the way it looked. But, I mean, I don't know, there's no place to hang out. So, because if you hang out at a cemetery, they kick you out. I know that from experience. Well, they want you doing your, your business because people mm -hmm. are there grieving. And things like that, and it's it's actually private property. Yeah. So yeah. that's a thing. But uh, but maybe people would go there if you could hang out there. If they built some like 
benches or like a little a little place to hang out, like a gazebo or something. Maybe people go more often. But, but the, yeah, the the, the the point is 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 to you know pay reverence, like yeah. like we did today. The Tiny Works of Mercy was great. That. Uh, that, that that made my day because it, it it stirred feelings, it stirred emotions, it uh, actually got me thinking. Because I'm pretty numb going through the day and night because I'm always in pain. But that it, it was just a, anytime you have prayer, anytime you do something like that, even that little tiny works. It was great. So we, it's a slightly different ambiance here. I know who's ever listening. If anyone even is, we have a candle going. Might be why we're talking about the dead or something like that more frequently. I don't know, it's like a little seance, except we're not we're not talking to the dead, we're talking to each other. Uh, so it's got that vibe to it, right? Yeah. But uh, you wouldn't know that if you're listening because you can't see us, you know. And there is actually a music lyric about that. It says, uh, "Video killed radio star." You know that one, Mark? What's that about? It's a song. It goes, video killed the radio star. Yes, okay. Video yeah. killed the radio star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the point to that was what? It was just that people only care about what stuff looks like. So it, soon after that song came out, a couple years later, there was this band. And it was two black guys with dreadlocks. And they, would like, they were the hit band. And you found out. They were just lip syncing, and the real singers on the radio were white people. Yeah. They were called Millie Vanilli. It was like a big scandal. Millie Vanilli was like a hit. They're the like two black guys with dreadlocks yeah, I remember that. who like sing and dance on stage, uh -huh. but it wasn't really them on the recording. It was white people. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it happens. Uh, I, I, I told you about my my cousin's bro, uh, boy. He uh, that's what he did for a living. He was, and he came across that all the time. Yeah, but you can do that with video. You can trick people, you know. Yeah. And um, it's almost like, uh, like if you're like a very good vocalist, but you don't look like a sexy porn star, then you ain't gonna be on TV. So like, you can be the greatest singer in the world, but people don't want to have sex with you, so you're not gonna be a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is how it is these days. It seems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even within that, there's like something messed up, right? Because like they say, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and true love is blind. Have you ever heard these ones? True love is blind. Yeah, yeah. I used to hear that all the time. Every time somebody disagreed with a girl I was seeing or something, and they thought it wasn't in my best interest, which was probably true. Yeah, tell us about that. This is the stuff that he want, the, li the land of living wants to know about. The land of the living. Yeah, that's that's just. That's just people. People say that that, that you know. Uh, Percy Sledge used to sing about that. When a man loves a woman, he'll he'll put up his last dime. You know, sleep under a bridge, and and do whatever it takes to please her. Yeah, I've noticed some. I notice there's always these songs and stories about when the guy's in love with the girl, he just stops eating. Have you heard this stuff? Sure. They're like, I can't eat. I can't. Sleep. There's always blues songs about it. Like, I can't eat. I can't sleep. You know, it's always like a symptom of a guy falling in love is he just doesn't eat and doesn't sleep. You ever hear these stories? Yeah. Were you like that, Mark? Have you ever fell in love with someone? Uh, like, you, feel, you feel like a source of energy, and they say yes. like, well, yeah. They say like Christians get like this about God, where they just they they get a source of energy from somewhere else, and they and they and they don't eat or sleep and stuff. I don't know, Keith. Do you hear any stuff about this? Yeah, I, I'll. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, a couple 
a couple days ago, I was thinking about a topic related to this. I was thinking about how, like, I've been smoking cigarettes again, and I was, I was remember when I've, when I've been like in a relationship with a girl, I don't want to smoke cigarettes as much. Uh, really? Yeah. I'm the reverse, man. Oh, yeah. If I'm like, well, I, I switch to like other forms of medication, but I mean, well, anyway, go ahead, keep talking. I'll tell you what me and cigarettes afterwards. I mean, I guess that was the main thing, but because I was thinking about how it's like a, it's like a poor substitute. Uh, For what? Love, basically. Oh, yeah. okay. So when you're in love with a girl, you don't smoke? As much, yeah. Why? Probably, uh, I, to be quite honest, that when I was thinking about this, I believe in invisible things and I was like ah, and that things happen you know I think invisible things control more things than we give them credit for and I was like I wonder if invisible things like manipulated my physiology um, for you know um, narrative reasons you like, and I are very different people I mean yeah. I'm the guy who's like smoke them if you got them I, and I'll tell you me about cigarettes it's like if everything is perfect in the world, I'll probably have a cigarette in my hand, a cigarette in my hand nonstop. If if I could smoke in this apartment and have an endless stream of cigarettes, I'd probably be smoking them. Mm -hmm. But the world's persecuting my incense stick, which is tobacco, right? But I'll tell you what. I mean, I have never smoked so much as much as if there's a funeral. I will smoke three packs a day if someone's dead, or, or like we're all celebrating like someone's death or something like that. I'll smoke three packs. I cannot stop smoking if there's a funeral or whatever the hell's going on. Family functions when someone dies. I just I can't stop smoking. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know everybody acts differently. So. Yeah. But when I if if a girl loves me, she'll let me smoke, and I'll just smoke all the time or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But I had switched to to like edible tobacco, just because. Uh, I don't know. It's it's expensive to buy cigarettes. I have a pipe here. I smoke my pipe. It's kind of burdensome. If I could smoke the pipe inside, I'd smoke it inside all the time. But I got to go outside and, and like put shoes on and all this crap. So I don't smoke the pipe as much. And it's a different form of smoking than a cigarette. It's just uh, it's more of like an uh, uh, ordeal, you know. Anyway. But I'm convinced that tobacco is a sacred plant, it's a medicine, and that they're persecuting the medicine that helps people because they're Satanists. Well, okay. Yeah. But how about a positive? Uh, yeah, positive is it's still legal. You know what I'm saying? Tobacco. Well, yeah. But for some reason, like I can burn in the kitchen, I can burn this candle here, I can burn an ear of corn on the stove, I can burn anything I fucking want. You can edit that. I can burn anything I want except one certain leaf. If I burn that leaf in here, I'd get kicked out of the apartment. I can burn anything else. I can burn curry, I can burn olive oil, I can burn carrots, I can burn anything I want except this one leaf. What do you? It's probably you? like two or three leaves you can't burn. Like what? <laughs> oh, you're just not. Oh, marijuana, fine. So I can't. There's two. There's two. Two plants I can't burn. Everything else I can burn. No, you're actually just, the policy is no smoking. Well, this smoke is caused by something burning. Yeah. So is there no smoking policy? Yeah, indoors. No smoking indoors. Oh, here? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, the candle's burning. Well, well here, I read the least. When I blow out the candle, there's smoke. Let me tell you, I read the least, and we're actually not supposed to have lighted candles. No light. Really? Yeah, no light candles. So, no we're, candles. so we're, we're outlaws. Yeah, well, yeah. fine. Fine. We are outlaws. Yeah. And I will, I will, to the, these people are un-American. This is un-American, and I won't stand for this. Well, I... I, I <laughs> It's funny, you know, I, I, I didn't know Yeah, I, I read the whole lease when I asked uh, other people to read the lease, and I saw that, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to ignore it. 